Peace and greetings, family. Peace and greetings. Hey, this is your brother, Minister Sunray Nine Shabazz, in this house right here for Liberation Tabernacle Ministries. In this house, in this house, brought to you by Culture Freedom Radio Network. Oh, most definitely, we in this house. How y'all doing out there, family? How y'all doing out there? Welcome into another exciting podcast and message today by Liberation Tabernacle 
Ministries. Yeah, well, our motto is we here to sound the trumpet of truth. Most definitely blow those trumpets, family, so they can hear the truth. Yes, sir, most definitely. We here to wake up the deaf, dumb, and blind. Yeah, not the physical, y'all, but y'all know the metaphor of it that the deaf, dumb, and blind. We here to wake them up, like uh, going back to Ezekiel. We here, like the valley of the dry bones. We here to put the flesh back on those dry bones. We get the valley of decision. But today we have another exciting podcast right here for you on Liberation Tabernacle Ministries. Liber- Revelation, revolution is the key. Revolution is the key. So today, and I'm not going to be really talking today, I'm just going to play a couple of clips uh, from various uh, revolutionaries, freedom fighters, and to try to uh, 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 give you that remembrance of what this thing is all about and what we are trying to achieve. Yes, what we are trying to achieve. So some of us, be we, we, we don't think that this thing is necessary. We want to include and, 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 and bring in other folks into our lives. Like I said, we want to talk about why bringing in white folks in, uh, into our midst and trying to get along with white folks when we got a struggle. We still have a... Uh, uh, something that we're trying to achieve amongst ourselves. Damn getting into it, uh, uh, joining in with white folks. Damn lying up with white folks. When we haven't succeeded to, uh, uh, totally in what we're trying to achieve for ourselves by getting ourselves, liberating ourselves, and correcting our behavior and elevating ourselves to the highest standards that we should be as a people as like I said uh, goes back to the lessons there's a civilized man coming to teach the uncivilized hmm. not just lining up with those who are uncivilized and just uh, stand in that manner and becoming uncivilized ourselves damn that but Liberation Tabernacle Ministries I got a couple of things y'all know I think y'all want to enjoy this one here today just got a couple of clips uh, I'm going to play from some revolutionary speakers so y'all enjoy this one right here at Liberation Tabernacle Ministry because this is our job this is our mission right here especially for Culture Freedom Radio Network this is our thing this is what we do not here in this station this podcast is for the so called black man and woman and what we must do for ourselves, y'all hear me, for ourselves to correct our behaviors, line ourselves up. I bring the message of truth for our people. So if you ain't down with that, you ain't down with Culture Freedom Radio. So I'm just making that statement known. I'm here to sound the trumpet of truth for our people. Damn any other uh, ethnic group right now until we get ourselves together so if you want to line up with any other goddamn group you can't be down with culture freedom radio because this ain't what we at this is not our mission this is not what brother eric and myself brother minister son of nine shabazz put this damn show together for that's what it is so black love to all of y'all out there man much power peace black power to each one of you Thank y'all for tuning in for this podcast, and thank you for supporting this podcast right here. Much love. Let's get into it. Peace. But what we want and need is black power. Knowing that our enemy is ultimately We want an immediate end to police brutality and murder of black people. The world belongs to you.
the revolution, the revolution by any means necessary. Sisters and brothers, that is what the power of the people is all about. There's only one way to be a first-class citizen. There's only one way to be independent. There's only one way to be free. It's not something that someone gives to you. It's something that you take. Nobody can give you independence. Nobody can give you freedom. Nobody can give you equality or justice or anything. If you're a man, you take it. If you can't take it, you don't deserve it. Nobody can give it to you. So if you and I want freedom, if we want independence, if we want respect, if we want recognition, we obey the law, we be peaceful, but at the same time, at any moment that you and I are involved in any kind of action that is legal, that is in accord with our civil rights, in accord with the courts of this land, in accord with the Constitution, when all of these things are on our side, and we still can't get it, it's because we aren't on our own side. We yet don't realize the real price necessary to pay to see that these things are enforced where we're concerned. And until we realize this, they won't be enforced where we're concerned. And when you know that, yes, when you know it, when you know it, then you are careful how you use the word freedom. As long as we're going to sing up on, as long as you think we're going to sing up on some, you come in and sing. I watch you. Those of you who are singing, are you also willing to do some swinging for some of these? No, this is true. They've always said that I'm anti-white. I'm for anybody who's for freedom. I'm for anybody who's for justice. I'm for anybody who's for equality. I'm not for anybody who tells me to sit around and wait for mine. I'm not for anybody who tells me to turn the other cheek when a cracker is busting up my jaws. I'm not for anybody. I'm not for anybody who tells black people to be nonviolent while nobody is telling white people to be nonviolent. So I, I just say in my conclusion, I know I'm in the church and I probably shouldn't be talking like this. But I, 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 but Jesus himself, he was ready to turn the synagogue inside out and upside down when things weren't going right. In fact, in the book of Revelation, they got Jesus sitting on a sword with a, sitting on a horse with a sword in his hand, getting ready to go into action. But they don't tell you or me about that Jesus. They only tell you and me about that peaceful Jesus. They never let you get down to the end of the book. They keep you up there where everything is, you know, non-bound. No, go read the whole book. And when you get in Revelation, you find that even Jesus' patience ran out. And when his patience ran out, he got the whole situation straightened out. He picked up the sword. So, I believe that there are some white people who might be sincere. But well, I think they should prove it. And you can't prove it to me by singing with me. You can't prove it to me by being nonviolent. No. You can prove it by 
recognizing the law of justice. And the law of justice is, as you sow, so much you reap. The, the law of justice is, he who kills by the sword shall be killed by the sword. This is justice. Now, if you are, if you are with us, all I say is, make the same kind of contribution with us in our struggle for freedom that all white people have always made when they were struggling for their own freedom. And your freedom was, uh, you were struggling for your freedom in the, in the uh, Revolutionary War. When your own Patrick Henry said, liberty or death, and George Washington got the cannons out, and all the rest of them that you taught me to worship as my heroes, they were fighters, they were warriors. But now when the time comes for our freedom, you want to reach back in the bag and grab somebody who's nonviolent and peaceful and forgiving and long-suffering, I don't go for that. I say that a black man's freedom is as valuable as a white man's freedom. And I say that a black man has the right to do whatever is necessary to get his freedom that other human beings have done to get their freedom. Just a moment. And I say that you and I will never get our freedom. Nonviolently and patiently and lovingly. We will never get it until we let the world know that as other human beings have laid down their lives for freedom and also taken life for freedom, that you and I are ready and willing and equipped and qualified to do the same thing. For the people at Free Mumia Channel Live KRS One coming to represent Wisdom. <laughs> Free Mumia. Everywhere I look, there's another house Negro talking about their people and how they should be eaten. They're talking, but the conversation ain't going. Moose founder John Africa teaches that when you're committed to doing that which is right, the power of righteousness will never be treasured. That is your standard by which you do all that you do. You say, is it right? And if it's right, you go forward, no matter what the opposition, no matter what walls stand before you. That has been my personal motivating force. Um, I think that some young people are um, touched by the revelation that when I was their age, when I was 14, 15, 16, I was involved in a movement that they now know no longer exists. And I know that not just based on what I've read or what I've felt or what others have reported to me. I know that intimately, personally, because I've met young guys coming to death row. And I mean, about as apolitical as a lemon. Come up to me and say, ah, yo, I'm like, man, who are they talking to? Yeah. Hey, Grandpa, uh, my mother and my grandmama told me about Black Panther. You were like, what's up with that? You know, and I met people whose parents were in the Black Panther Party, and they tried to talk to their children when they were out on the street, but they didn't listen. Now they come here, they're on death row, and they're finding out about it. I give them a book or talk to them or, you know what I mean, send them some information. And 
I think that that same thing happened because right now, not just in Africa, America, but in America, period, the young people in America are in an extreme state of alienation. They are, for all intents and purposes, the enemy of the state. They don't see any future for them other than working for McDonald's, flipping burgers, you know, uh, you know, working at the video store. I mean, come on. There is, no, there is no promise for them. So in the face of that alienation, you see, they look back and they see the history of a party like the Black Panther Party. And they're attracted to that militant standard and example because they don't see it presently. They can see ex-Panthers, some of them. They can't see Geronimo because he's been in that hellhole in California for so many years. They can't see Dr. Mutulu Shakur because he's been in that hellhole in California for so many years. But more importantly, they don't see that continuing reality and they do not hear a voice that speaks truth to power, that talks about their oppressed, repressed, dogged reality. And I try to do that in some ways. And I think that because they hear from this old man, someone who speaks the truth about what they're looking at, they hear, they respond, and they come. And they know, based on their reality right there, they know it ain't easy for them, and they know it ain't easy for me. But they know it's right. You see. And although the that when they hear about this 14, 15 year old kid who's a black panther and that opens the door to the move organization and they find out the kind of unholy repression that has been visited on the move organization. You know, August 8th confrontation, the May 13th mass murder and massacre. Well, they find out something that they didn't read about in their history books. You know, that they didn't learn in so-called black study class and they find a new reality about what it means to be an African-American in America speaking one's truth to power, you see. They don't hear it from their politicians because their politicians is too busy trying to sound like the next conservative next door, you see. You have, you know, in this country, in this culture, you know, we have uh, elected black people into positions of prominence and power. But those black people don't exercise any power, not to the interests of, the, of those people, you know. They know that they may have a black mayor in their city, but that don't stop the policemen from kicking them in their ass, from beating them down, you know. I just read recently the Amsterdam News about your city, New York, the police stopping kids 14, 15, 16, and putting them in a lineup. The first they offer them 15, 20, hey kid, you want some money? If the kid says no, well, come on anyway. What's this, new age slavery? You can put a child in a lineup, and if this kid gets picked, his whole life is transformed in a moment? Does he have a choice? Is he a free being? And they know in their heart of hearts. If they don't have the freedom to walk down the street, well, damn it, what kind of freedom do they have? And all they hear in class is about 
Oh, Martin Luther King, he fought and he died for us, and he's a great leader. And they say, I ain't trying to hear that shit. You know? So, there, you know, because, ultimately, because we failed, because we did not prevail, their life is so dire and so bitter today. You know? Um, had we prevailed, their life would have been a better life today. Their life would not be as hellish as it is today. So, to take another question that you, you know, posed about where does this movement go from here, God knows. You know, I'm fighting every day, not just for my freedom, not just for my liberation, but for all of our liberation. I'm unabashedly, I fight for revolution because I think revolution is the only solution. I'm not shy about using that word. Um, am I conscious about what I say? I am more conscious about what I say. I can't help but be. I'd be faking it. Oh, no, I say the same. No, I think about it. Because I don't want a young person or even an old person to be misled, you know, because it's dangerous out there. But I know this, that in the old days, you know, Dr. Huey Newton said, the spirit of the people is more powerful than the man's technology. And when people recognize their power, the power to say no, the power to say enough, the power to say, well, damn it, let's get together and change this thing, then anything is possible. You know? If that message gets out there to kids, to young adults thinking about their tomorrow, then it don't matter what they do to me, they ain't stop me. Because revolution is my religion. The slave master took Tom and dressed him well and fed him well and even gave him a little education, a little education. Gave him a long coat and a top hat and made all the other slaves look up to him. Then he used Tom to control them. The same strategy that was used in those days is used today by the same white man. He take a Negro, so-called Negro, and make him prominent, build him up, publicize him, make him a celebrity, and then he becomes a spokesman for Negroes and a Negro leader. I would like to just mention one thing else quickly, and that is the, the uh, method that the white man uses how the white man uses these big guns or Negro leaders against the black revolution. They're not a part of the black revolution. They're used against the black revolution. Just as the slave master in that day used Tom, the house Negro, to keep the field Negroes in check, the same old slave master today has Negroes who are nothing but modern Uncle Tom. 20th century Uncle Toms to keep you and me in check, keep us under control, keep us passive and peaceful and nonviolent. That's Tom making you nonviolent. It's like when you go to the dentist and the man is going to take your tooth. You're going to fight him when he starts pulling. So they squirt some stuff in your jaw called Novocaine to make you think they're not doing anything to you.
So you sit there and curse, you got all that novocaine in your jaw, you suffer peacefully. <laughs> Blood running all down your jaw. And you don't know what's happening. Because someone has taught you to suffer peacefully. This modern house Negro loves his master. He wants to live near him. He'll pay three times as much as the house is worth just to live near his master. And then brag about, I'm the only Negro out here. I'm the only one on my job. I'm the only one in this school. You're nothing but a house Negro. And if someone come to you right now and say, let's separate, you say the same thing. When we start the revolution, all they probably do is well, but chill. When we start the, 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 the revolution, oh When we start the revolution, all they probably do is well, but chill. Because the capitalist system has cut off our history, they think that we have no history. They really think that our history began in slavery. If you will look at all textbooks in this country, even on the college level, history textbooks, there's nothing said about Africa in these textbooks at all. I mean, Africa is just left out. Like it doesn't exist at all. Just like our history. That's most Africans who do not take time as a conscious people to come to understand their history, in fact, begin their history when the white man came and discovered us as slaves. Certainly, the indigenous people of this country think that their history began with Columbus, they would be in serious trouble. They, who properly know their history, know that the indigenous people of this country raised civilizations, the heights of which European powers have not yet arrived at. Consequently, these people have this to hold on to, and they know as long as they hold on to it and fight, they will come back to the grandeur that was once theirs. No people can begin their history in slavery. No people. God has never created anybody in slavery. All people are first created free, then they are enslaved. So thus any African beginning their history in the United States of America is a stupid African beginning their history in slavery. And if you begin your history in slavery, the best you can hope to be is a good slave. Indeed, if you begin your origins in slavery, where's the inspiration to fight? A people who were enslaved must know at one time they were free. It is only when they know at one time they were free that they will be motivated by the responsibility which history imposes upon them to struggle to be free again. Any African wanting to know about their history and using their history as a weapon to fight must begin their history in Africa. There's no other place. It was only in Africa that we were free. Thus it is in Africa that we must begin our history. Once we see in Africa how we were free, then we will come to see who imposed slavery upon us. We will come to know directly who is the enemy, what must be done to return to a stage of freedom again. Thus in the struggle for liberation, Africa is indispensable to us as our historical weapon.
to look through the white press. We have to learn to see what's going on. Now, out of this platform, Huey P. Newton realized that it was necessary for us to start working on these points, these ten points, practically. Remember number seven? We want an immediate end to police brutality and murder of black people. This is very, very important. And here, whether you know it or not, is where you start dealing with the black revolution. When Huey says every black man put a shotgun in your home, and once we let the man know, say, look, we armed from block to block, and we're going to patrol you from our windows. And we're not going to have you brutalizing none of our people in the streets. Do you realize what kind of power black people have then? Because you begin to neutralize that police force, because them cops going to start riding shaky and scared. In fact, we're in a position then to demand that they withdraw from our community because they occupy our community just like a foreign troop occupies territory. Very important to understand. We hate cops beating black people over their heads and murdering them. That's what we hate. First of all, if you're going to talk about a revolutionary situation, you have to have people who are physically able to wage revolution, who are physically able to organize and physically able to do all that is done. Yeah, but the question is, more, how do you get there? Do you get there by confrontation, violence? Oh, is that the question you were asking? Yeah. See, that's, I mean, that's another thing. When you talk about a revolution, most people think violence um, without realizing that the real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for, not in the way you reach them. On the other hand, uh, because of the way this society is organized, because of the violence that exists on the surface everywhere, you have to expect that there are going to be such explosions. You have to expect things like that as reactions. If you are a black person and live in, 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 in the black community all your life and walk out on the street every day seeing white policemen surrounding you, I, when I was living in Los Angeles, for instance, long before the situation in L.A. ever occurred, uh, I was constantly stopped. No, the, the, the police didn't know who I, who I was, but I was a black woman. And I had a, had a natural, and, and they, I suppose, thought that I might be a, quote, militant. And when you live under a situation like that constantly, um, uh, and, then, and then you ask me, you know, whether I approve of violence. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, whether I approve of guns. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, some very, very good friends of mine were killed by bombs, bombs that were planted by racists. Uh, I remember from, from the time I was very small, I remember the sounds of bombs exploding across the street, our house shaking. I remember my father having to have guns at his disposal at all times because of the fact that at any moment uh, uh, someone we, we might expect to be attacked. And then after that, uh, in my neighborhood, all of the men organize themselves into an armed patrol. They had to take their guns and patrol our community every night because they did not want that to happen again. I mean, that's why when someone asks me about violence, uh, uh, I just uh, 
I just find it incredible. It, because it, what it means is that the person who's asking that question has absolutely no idea what black people have gone through, what black people have experienced in this country since the time the first black person was kidnapped from the shores of Africa. The only politics in this country that's relevant to black people today is the politics of revolution. None other. When black people become serious about the revolutionary struggle that they are caught up in, whether they recognize it or not, when they begin to go down and knock off people who are oppressing them and begin to render these people important, that's when the revolutionary struggle unfolds. Not until we are fighting enemies of the people. They tell you your problem is unemployed. Well, I got a program that can employ every black person in this country overnight. Discarded, is ostracized, is relegated to the lowest in things, social, political, and economical. This therefore suggests a problem and one that must be solved. We in this section of the world are not entirely free from this unkind, unsympathetic, and uncharitable behavior of the groups or races around us. But since man has been placed on his own responsibility, whether he be black, white, or yellow, he must act on his own account. We will not unduly whine or complain, but reason among ourselves and see what can be done to remedy this state of affairs. Life is a conflict. You have to fight your way through it, whether you will it or not. Those of us who are able to fight most stubbornly live, accomplish most, and to them go the laurels, the palms, and triumph of our civilization and world. We unfortunately have not been trained nor educated in the truths of life, paradoxically so. May I say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life, so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours? Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. Man should understand himself because man is full of knowledge, and this knowledge is a gift of nature. When Mother Nature created man, she deprived him of nothing. He was given the faculty of understanding all things around him. This faculty for understanding has not been taken away from him. None of his senses have been taken away from him. So there is no excuse for the black man in lacking the knowledge that man is used to beautify the world and produce all that he needs for his happiness and civilization. Look the world over and whatever you see in it that is pleasing to man, contributing to man's comfort, to his needs and to his satisfaction, it is but the work of man. Man blessed with the knowledge of himself and the understanding of all things around him. If you are able to live with the knowledge of yourself and with the greater knowledge of nature, you must know what is good and what is not. You must know what is finite. You must know that which is material, physical and otherwise is at your disposal to create or otherwise use. If we leave America and go over to the east to Japan, they will be telling their fellow citizens of Japan of the wonderful accomplishments of the Japanese people, proving that man is moving onward as time moves on. But you, you have hated yourselves as you have done in previous years. You have shown malice, prejudice, and hate to each other. And the result is that while other races have made progress, while India has made progress towards nationalism, while Ireland has made progress towards republicanism, while the whole world has made progress in man's accomplishments, you still stand fighting yourselves, dishonoring yourselves, showing no disposition toward that higher life so that you will be abundantly blessed. So reflect and think that you were created for some purpose other than exhibiting malice toward your neighbor or fellow men of your own race. 
What a pity it is that we cannot stand united without a written law. There is no written law compelling other races to stand together. They are brought together by the gentle touch of nature. The unwritten law of nature causes them to stand together on all occasions. So wheresoever you find them in the field, that one gentle touch of nature causes them to stand together, if need be, die together. But with the black man, you can preach to him from the pulpits. You lecture from the platforms, from the byways and the hedges. The spirit of cooperation, but he will not cooperate. You talk to him gently, you try talking harshly to him, he still will not cooperate. The result is that he falls prey to those who understand themselves and walk through the world making you their source and slaves. We must acquire the higher knowledge of life. Black men and black women, will you get the knowledge that the white man has that causes him to be leaders and masters in the world? They are not gods with a peculiar source for understanding the world around them. They have only given expression to the knowledge of their humanity and been able to use and conquer all to their satisfaction and glory. And that is why they are always greater than you in every community that you find them. Isn't it strange that wheresoever the white man is found, he takes precedence over you? Why is that so? Answer that for yourselves, black men and black women. Wheresoever you come in contact with the white man, you always have to go down in defeat before him. Whether it be in England, in France or in America, you always have to go down to the white man, and yet he has two eyes, two feet, two hands, same passions, same senses and feelings as you have. Your feet are not put on opposite sides, now your hands turned around the other way. But it's because you fail to use your will, your knowledge and your mental faculty to the point where you will enjoy life around you. It is against us as an African people. It's not because of color. It's because of our condition. If we must have justice, we must be strong. If we must be strong, we must come together. If we must come together, we can only do so through the system of organization. That the fight for Africa that teaches you to depend upon another race is a leadership that will enslave you. They gave leadership to our four parents and that leadership made them slaves. But we decided to find a leadership of our All right, family. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm talking about, man. Ended off with the Honorable Marcus Mazan Garvey, most definitely in the house, man. Hey, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in right here to Liberation Tabernacle Ministries with your brother, Minister Sunray Nine Shabazz, as I tried to come in, present some powerful words, yes, to inspire you, motivate you in remembrance that, hey, the struggle still continues. The struggle still continues. I don't care what time uh, that we in uh, is now. If it's 2018, if it was 1930, 1960s, whatever. Like the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan had, um, and started off with Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and Minister Farrakhan reiterated the time and was the time and what must be done. There's always a time, y'all, and things that must be done. Because even as it says in the Bible, y'all, the time is now at hand. And there was things that was being quoted back in that Bible that says go back 2,000 years. There's always a time and, and, and things that must be done. The time is always at hand. That we must stand and fight for your freedom. Fight to have your equality or your freedom, justice and equality. As, as the United States Constitution says, you must have the, the right for the uh, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Get yours today because the time is always at hand. <laughs> 
peace and thank y'all for tuning in right here to Liberation Tabernacle Ministries y'all have a wonderful day and thank you one more time for supporting this broadcast peace and much black love thank you <laughs>